lollygaggers. Now the week. Now these call me crazy, but there are some teams out there that uh, uh, really should give it up because they've been eliminated. <laughs> We've reached championship weekend. Uh, this is Lollygagging Sports. I am Bo Reed along with Samantha Button and Matthew Irby. Uh, we're going to get into Championship Sunday, which is upon us here in, in a handful of days. Uh, but first, Samantha, we, we actually have some baseball news. Now, I know we're about to start gearing up, and we're, we're all excited. Truck Day is approaching. It's almost here. It's not quite here yet. I saw you, I saw you on Twitter today begging for Truck Day. I'm with you Please. on that. Please. <laughs> so... Oh, we're almost, we're getting ready to gear up. We still got the, with that minor little thing called the Super Bowl to get past, but you know, for the most part, we're going to start getting over baseball. But we actually had some legitimate baseball news. Larissa Rise is heading to Miami for right-hander Pablo Lopez. Now, on the surface, Samantha, this Lopez has been in in, in trade talks for or trade discussions for a while now. So that that's not a surprise that the Marlins moved him. I'm a little surprised by the Twins. I, I'm trying to figure out what the heck's going on in Minnesota. This has been a very weird offseason, and I'm not even – when Carlos Correa is the, is like number five, number six on the list of weird, you've had a weird offseason. Yeah, that is now officially not the thing that makes the least sense that happened there. And I've been, I've been doing a lot of reading about this trade over the last couple of days. Like, someone help me understand this. And I think I've kind of come around, you know, my initial position on this is like, what on earth are the Twins doing? They're crazy. So now that I've sort of further educated myself about this and been reading a lot about it and listening to what other people have to say, I've come around to a new position. Now that position is not, oh, I understand what the Twins are doing. My new position is, I don't understand what either one of you was trying to do here. (laughs) All it's done is make me think, well, the Marlins are kind of nuts too. This doesn't make any sense either. Like... From the twins end, like, I get it, man. Like, you need pitching. That's 100%. Absolutely. I don't know that creating a hole in order to potentially plug a hole five years from now is a good strategy for that. Like, you just paid Carlos Correa, like, a bucket of money. He's probably going to have an injury issue based on everyone's injury reports that's not the twins in a couple of years. So you would think they would want to be doing things so that they could win now. Like, yes, pitching. Absolutely. You need pitching. A pitching prospect for a guy who's productive for you on the field now, that makes a little less sense. And I've heard the justifications for it that they're desperate. They haven't been able to develop the pitching the way that they like, and also that they felt that Arise was probably ultimately going to profile as like first base DH type, and they don't need that, and they don't want to pay for that. It's also like not are eligible till twenty twenty five. So like, what was your rush? Even if that is the case. So, and we're moving back towards with the the rule changes that we have and the way that baseball is shifting. We're moving hopefully at least back towards a more contact hitting oriented game. Right. And so your response was like, Oh, well, we don't need that. We're, we're going to get a pit. Okay. Okay. You would need to get a pitcher who's ready now or close to ready in order for this to make sense. And it is not a bad prospect. Haul, and I'm not taking issue with that. It's actually a pretty nice haul. The three pieces that they got. What's even weirder. Well, no, it's not weirder. It's less weird, but still weird. Also the Marlins. What are you guys doing? 
like, they seem to be doing the exact opposite of that. Like, well, we're giving up on pitching and power, and we're just going with contact, and we're moving Jazz Chisholm to center field. We don't even know if he can play center. They're bringing in a rise. Okay, but what is the end game here for the Marlins? This is also weird. I, I understand they've changed their organiza- organizational philosophy, and I think that it's good that they've done that, ultimately, but... Mm-hmm. I just I'm looking at these two and going, why don't you guys do this? <laughs> this is one of the is a lose lose trade. I don't know. It just feels like two pieces that shouldn't have been moving the way that they moved. <laughs> Square peg meets round hole. You know, it's like Irby. It's like they were on the the the, the major league baseball schoolyard, and they just got together and and they wanted to trade lunches. They both had really awful lunches, and they said, you know what? At least it's different than what I already had. So I'm gonna go ahead and trade this. That's I'm gonna trade, this, I'm gonna trade this, this banana and peanut butter sandwich for your lunchables without the good lunchable contents in it. Okay, that's what happened here. Yeah, that's a good point, Bo, and I and I, and I love that. That um, so I, I actually was involved in a lot of that. Um, my mother. Um, yeah, no, 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 no. My mother and and her mother before her um, have a chocolate chip cookie recipe um, passed down from generations, and it was very well known. And I could go to school with, you know, a dozen cookies and get a lunch and still enjoy some cookies as well. So I understand the, 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 the um, what the finances of trading on the lunch yard. And so, I yes, you are the opposite out. of what just happened here. Well, no, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. I, I understand what it is. And this is the, this is the other end of that spectrum of, yes, this is, wow. What are y'all doing? <laughs> What's going on? Um, I boy, where to start? So a great job on that. Um, the pitching is a great aspect of the pitching. It's it's kind of funny, and um, you don't get credit for doing your job. I'm sorry if you're a professional organization, you don't get credit for doing your job. But because it's the Twins, uh, it's nice to see them realizing, oh, we're not going to win with Sonny Gray and Kenta Maeda. At the front of our rotation, got it. Yeah. We actually need yeah. to improve our pitching. So, I guess we have to give them credit, right? But still, you don't get credit for doing your job. Um, so that's good. I on the getting rid of Luis. I mean, I get it. There's kind of a log jam there. Not really. I mean, I guess there's a log jam if Royce Lewis can stay healthy. I guess there's a log jam if. Carlos Correa can stay healthy, <laughs> and if Kyle Farmer performs, sure, this is going to solve itself if all those things work out. Raise your hand when it works out. Like, like, does it ever work out? No, it never just works out like that. So I, I don't know. For Minnesota, I mean, yes, you needed that pitching. Good job, and 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 and, and shame on um, the lollygaggers for not stressing a little bit more of. You need to add pitching without giving up the stuff that's making you good. Like you have to, need, you need to add and not subtract. <laughs> like you can't. Like it's like if I buy two apples and then I give you two apples. Like well, I'm not in like, whatever. But that's Minnesota, so keep it up. Um, but if I was a fan of one of the teams in that division, I'd be loving it. Miami, no clue. I. What's the because it goes down to Smith, you said it best like what what was the rush? What was the rush of Lopez? And and maybe you see it um um in Luis as that piece, but I feel like you could have gotten a little bit more um for, for a young, controllable pitcher. But honestly, I mean, good for them. 
this is great. You know, middle of the road trading with middle of the road. You know, I might as well. So why don't we talk about the Angels too? Like, hey, they're not moving in the right direction either. But yeah, this is just kind of like cool. Great, you guys didn't move the needle. They did not. Neither team lowered the needle, but they didn't tick the needle up. Like nothing changed. You just swapped jerseys. <laughs> it's not the end of an NFL game. Swapping jer No, that's not how this works. Samantha, anything you want to add to that? We call that swapping deck chairs on the Titanic. <laughs> Your mediocre. Yeah, that works well. Idiot. These guys are definitely Different. Titanic material. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned for more Titanic later in the show. Previews. <laughs> uh, um, Ooh. We promise we're going to come back to that later. Also, I have other thoughts about this. Well, I have a ton of other thoughts about this, but you know, you guys don't want to hear about these guys for the next three hours. Um, but there's another Kyle Farmer now. Another Kyle Farmer. Uh, yes. Yes, this is of the prospect, um, prospect right as arrival. opposed to the pitcher who is out of baseball, but still get a new name, be more original. <laughs> you suggest it needs to change his name because there was already a previous Kyle Farmer that did not do well. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm that is that, honestly like that's that, that that's that is straight out of Bull Durham in terms of superstition. It didn't really work that great for the first guy. You know, also it's confusing. So it's you're not Babe Ruth Jr. You know, like I don't know about this. Feels like a bad way to start. Well, and and you know what the other problem with this is? So yes, this is not that Kyle Farmer. This is a different. This is a hitting a hitting Kyle Farmer, a shortstop Kyle Farmer. Um, and I want to clarify the prospect word. This is a word used by the Minnesota Twins. This is the prospect we have coming up. So. Samantha, if I were to say you have a prospect coming up, how old is your prospect? 29. 29. Okay, so you're good with a 29-year-old prospect, right? No, you said if I was the twins. No, oh, no, 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 I meant you. I meant you, but, but, but this worked out even better. <laughs> okay, so the twins for you, 29-year-old prospect, yeah. Kyle Farmer's 32. Oh, that's even better. I was trying to be ridiculous that it's even worse than I thought. <laughs> 32. So he's probably he's, not that far behind the original. Because how old is the other Kyle Farmer now? Probably like 38, 39, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So not that different, actually. Okay. Yes, this, this Kyle Farmer um, played a good amount of games for the uh, the Reds in 2021, 2022. So we can um, confirm so, they're not the same person. Yes, yes. So this is, this is, this is shortstop Kyle Farmer. 32-year-old shortstop kind of farm. But he did spend some time with the Dodgers as well, um, so probably that explains why Minnesota's all over this. Like, ooh, he's got postseason experience. Nine at-bats, no hits, one RBI. See, right up Minnesota's island. I drove in a run, so the Twins are thrilled. <laughs> all right. okay. I mean, they are short on postseason RBI, to be fair. Uh, one more than they score in most of their playoff days. Uh. <laughs> all right. Anything else on this uh, before we move into Championship Sunday? Anything at all? Guardians fans feel great about this. <laughs> I'm sure you do. You feel good about this, like like Irby and I feel good about Art Moreno uh, 
having a change of heart on selling the angels. I mean, it's just, it's just celebration week here on lollygagging. I mean, Artie and Marino are not selling the win for all of us, right? Just in addition to the technical... Except for Mike Trout. Well, yes, Mike Trout loses in this deal. I'm sorry, Mike Trout. Um, But, you know, you did choose to sign there. You you did choose that, Mike Trout. But it's great for all of us from an entertainment value perspective and also knowing that for the foreseeable future, we will not need to worry about the Angels as a playoff contender. So really everybody in the American League can celebrate. So it's great. It's good all around. Angels are out. Twins are out. Great news if you're in the American League. I don't know. I think it'd be kind of cool if Artie Moreno sold the Angels and bought the Astros. That could be fun. No? Okay. Um, actually, that would be even better. <laughs> yeah, it would. That's what I'm saying. All right. Let's get into Championship Sunday. Uh, we, we now have our, our contestants in the final four of the NFL. Let's start with that NFC game. That is the first game. On Sunday, Samantha, 49ers at the Eagles. I want to talk about the Eagles defense to kick this off because there's there's not a lot not a lot wrong with that defense. That's a pretty good defense that the 49ers are about to face. But the one little thing that they have some trouble with is the tight end and running back positions coming out, you know, in the passing game. So what are they gonna do? Because the 49ers have a couple of weapons there. One one George Kittle and one Christian McCaffrey. That Dallas was able to to hold in check fairly well until you know, not 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 Kittle, but McCaffrey. They did. Uh, what are the Eagles going to do about that? Yeah, this is tough because, like you said, they're I mean they're a good defense. I we're not knocking them. They're a good defense, but what they've really done well with is, is shutting down receivers. And the problem, of course, with San Francisco is you're dealing with all three elements: receivers, tight ends, right. So, okay, I think that anybody who has a decent amount of talent on defense can effectively shut down one guy. Any guy, I don't care how good he is, you can, well, shut him down is not the right word. You can contain him, put it that way. If for no, I mean, put three dudes on him if you have to, you know. The problem here is you can't put three dudes on George Kittle and three dudes on Christian McCaffrey. That would be an interesting defensive formation, um, I, I would love to know what are we calling that scheme? The three, three, three robber, robber six. What, um, would that, it's what the Cowboys lined up in on the last play of that game. Would it, would, <laughs> would it be? Would it be trips but defense? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Zeke Elliott centered robber six. Um, whatever, Mike McCarthy. Um, but. I, the problem is, is like, yeah, so I think you have, so you have to pick, right? You have to decide, and, and maybe you don't even decide this at the beginning of the game. Maybe you kind of have to see how it's going. What are they doing? So, because, I don't know, it's like, do you pay more attention to McCaffrey or do you pay more attention to Kittle? Because one of them's going to burn you if you ignore them. So I think a lot of it is about not losing track of anybody and being able to adjust. So if one guy's getting you, you got to make the switch, right? And you also have to find some balance there because you can't just say, okay, we're going to cover this guy and let that one go. That's not going to work with what's going on here. So you're going to have to find a way to slow both of them down in some capacity and maybe prioritize one or the other. But Look, I mean, they don't have the personnel for this because no one has the personnel for this. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the problem. There isn't a defensive formation that solves this issue unless you don't have to worry about anything going on downfield. If you have no downfield action at all, then sure, by all means, if every one of your receivers has 
the hands of a bricklayer's son. Cue the Jerry Rice joke. I know. Like, Jerry Rice is the son of a bricklayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We all know what it means. Point is, is like, yeah, if you don't have to worry about that, then sure, you can adjust both of these things. But you can't do that in this situation. So what do you do? I think you have to find some balance, and I think you have to be willing to adjust on every play, if necessary, from every series to the next series, according to whatever they're favoring in the moment. And also, I think this is going to be a really good opportunity to look at the Philly coaching staff and find out how good they are at sort of anticipating rather than just adjusting to what they've already seen. Because if that's all you're doing <laughs> against that San Francisco offense, you're going to be playing catch-up. Irby, same question to you. What, uh, what are the 49ers, excuse me, the Eagles going to do about Kittle McCaffrey? I don't know. You know, maybe <laughs> don't do what Dallas did on Kittle. That one didn't work out so well. Not um, so much, especially no. if he's gonna, <laughs> if he's gonna, you know, tap the ball off his helmet before making a catch. But then again, I assume that the Eagles' safety in that situation would actually hit him instead of whiffing. But you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, no, this is what's this is what's so wonderful about what the 49ers have put together. Um, that we've seen through this winning streak, we've seen through this playoff run, is that pick your poison. What are you going to do? And, and the Eagles throughout the season have been, I mean, this is yards allowed. This is one-two in football here. So it looks great. You know, uh, against the pass, this is number one. Against the run, there's the problem. So what do you do? You know, this secondary has done a fantastic job of not just shutting down number one receivers, but number two receivers. And what has your success been? Has it been the pass rush and, 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 and press coverage? And has it been the safeties helping out? What is it that you're doing? I don't know. I, I, it, the point is, if you can pull that off with two guys, if you can shut down Ayuk and Debo, then you're going to have, and you can get a four-man rush <laughs> and get pressure on Brock Purdy and get him moving. I like Philly's chances defensively because now you've got – how many? What are we talking? We're talking five extra guys here to handle the McCaffreys and the Kittles, and it's it comically saying that's what you're going to need, but that's kind of what you're going to need. Like you're going to have to have multiple players keeping an eye on both of them. I Dallas did a fantastic job of right off the bat coming out and shutting that running game down, and and and, and absolutely frustrating McCaffrey. I, he was getting nothing early on. Absolutely nothing, and it took San Francisco opening up that passing game. The the they soft over the middle, like where Kittle just does so well and Debo does so well. That's what eventually opened up the running game. Billy, on the other hand, here, I mean, you you almost go a different approach where you're shutting down that outside, and and you have to trust your your corners. Darius Slay and James Bradbury are just going to take care of business, and it's almost like, hey, you two have got to handle these receivers on your own. If they can do that, you've got enough pieces there. You've got enough playmakers there that you can frustrate Kittle and McCaffrey because it's – and I make it sounds so easy here on, you know, that's all you got to do. Okay, well, that's, it's not all you've got to do. That These are two really good receivers. Um, and, and it's crazy to say because we're talking about a running back and a tight end, but they are very good receivers at what they do. So – all in all, I think I'm just grasping at straws because that's what Philly's going to have to do. You're going to have to grasp at straws and see what works and what you can do to frustrate this 49er team because 
it can be done. We've seen it. Dallas did a great job. Absolutely great job. Dallas's defense did a good enough job to win that game of, of frustrating. The problem came is that you had Elijah Mitchell basically coming in in the fourth quarter on fresh legs, and eventually that's going to win over. Mm-hmm. Philly, I, with the offense they have, if Philly can hold San Francisco to 19, they're in good shape. Well, all right, let's talk about that 49ers defense here, Samantha, because they're going up now against Jalen Hurts. This is, this is not the same quarterback as, of course, Dak Prescott or anybody else they faced the last couple of weeks. Uh, what are you expecting here from Hurts and from this 49ers defense? Well, I think this is going to be tough for Philly because the, the 49ers defense is sort of uniquely suited to shut down exactly what Philly does on offense. So that's a little bit intimidating. It's why, you know, when you kind of put this together with the first question, I, I sort of want to come back to this idea of like, well, how do you deal with this McCaffrey-Kittle problem? And the answer is you outscore them. Like San Francisco does not necessarily put a lot of points on the board. So the way you beat them is to outscore them. But it's not as though you're set up well for that, particularly because their defense is so good, because they are so, so good at making adjustments to what to do, and they're also incredibly well-suited to shut down what the Philly offense does best. So, I mean, Jalen Hurts he looks mostly healthy, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty pretty healthy. So that's good. Um, and, and certainly I think that offense is, I mean, it's weird because I – I trust the San Francisco defense to handle their business more than I trust the Philly defense to do that in this matchup, but I also trust Philly to score the necessary number of points more than I trust San Francisco to do so, which is what makes this an interesting matchup. But Philly, like, look, I think you have to make the counter adjustments, right? Because if San Francisco, if they are uniquely designed in a way that is not great for you, then you have to make yourself look like something else. And you have to perform like that's something else. And if that doesn't work, you got to try something different. So I think we're going to get a good idea of how well Philly can adjust on the fly. And they, they are a team, you know, they can make adjustments. But they struggled with this a little bit in the game against Dallas. And they didn't put a ton of points on the board. I don't know if you're going to be able to get away with that against San Francisco. Irby, how about you? 49ers defense against uh, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. What are you expecting? little different than what you just did um san francisco where you were able to get away with you know the four-man rush and and get Dak moving you do that here and we saw the problem a couple times where if if that middle of the area you know the, the niners were committing those linebackers to defending it left Dak open a couple times for some easy first down runs you do that here you make that mistake here and you're in big trouble Jalen hurts can move down the field a whole lot quicker the other thing that Philly, I, I, and this is such a weird thing to say to do in a game, but, you know, let's let's get a little rookie-level Madden going here. Streak and toss it up there because that's an issue with the 49ers. As, as great as the defense has been at, at, at getting pressure with just four rushers, at, at shutting down, you know, passing lanes, Keeping teams from, you know, they, you see a lot. They let the guy make the catch, but it's short of the first down. It's short of where they need to be, and they make tackles. They make tackles. They make tackles. I know that doesn't seem like it should be a big deal, but apparently that is, making tackles. But one area San Francisco struggles with is down-the-field balls. Down-the-field and we, and we saw Dallas be successful with it early, and then Kellamore went away from it. 
Um, he came back to it later, but Dak was not hitting his targets. He was, he was as they kept Greg Olson kept saying he was throwing at the wrong hash marks. Um, so that's an area too where Philly, like, like San Francisco, is vulnerable down the field. They're vulnerable to the big play. Um, I, I, I can tell you as a fan, I'm thinking of, I can think of three games this season where it seemed like the Niners were giving up 70 plus yard touchdowns on the first or second play of the game. Like right away, that's scripted. And that's what Philly needs to do. That place is going to be electric. It's going to be out of control. It's going to be a wonderful atmosphere. And you need to get the ball first and then within a couple plays, get a big strike. And you do that and you're putting yourself in a great position. Kirby, are you spying Jalen Hurts at all in this game? <sighs> yes, you have to, just because of what I was saying. Like, like if, I agree. If you, okay, if yeah. you let him have an opportunity, if you give him open space, he will get down the field a whole lot quicker. And then we're looking at, you know, what the Giants have been able to do is, you know, Hurts had some good runs, but he wasn't getting runs over 10 yards. That's what you have to do. When Jalen Hurts is getting 20-plus yard runs, this offense is unstoppable almost. All right. Anything else, Samantha, before we pick this one? I Just a, a brief comment on your I think you, you made a really interesting point about, like, you have to tackle. Um, and that, that doesn't sound like a big deal. But, you know, in the NFL, in the year of our Lord, 2023, if you can tackle properly, like, you could – theoretically win a Super Bowl off of that because there's 31 other teams that can't tackle properly. So that yeah. is a big advantage, as dumb as it sounds. It's Oof. true. Yeah, don't get me started on these shoulder tackles. I can I can actually hear my, my, my old football coaches yelling at me if I even thought about doing something like that. But it's a lost art, tackling. That's, that is a, that's a rip, wrap, and grab. How hard is that? Apparently, it's very difficult. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's pick this one. Samantha, who's going to the Super Bowl from the NFC? Is it the 49ers or the Eagles? All right. I feel pretty comfortable with this pick, and my pick is the 49ers. My one concern about this is that I do not think that 20 points is going to do it against the Eagles. So the 49ers offense is going to have to be more productive <laughs> than we have seen them be for most of the season. Um, which is a, a tall order because Philly's defense, like we said, no slouch there. But other than that, I feel pretty confident. I think that San Francisco, from a matchup perspective, has the advantage here, and I think that's going to be a difference maker here. Irby, how about you? Yeah, it's going to be this going to be fun. They're looking at like just above freezing, like upper thirties is going to be the weather at game time. But there's no rain or snow or anything like that that's affecting it. It's just going to be cold. And it's going to be one of those games where those hits sting just a little bit longer, a little bit longer. So there's where tackling, like you're saying, kind of a big deal. And But wouldn't you love, didn't you know your coach is looking at a guy like Fred Warner and telling his kids, watch this guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But here, I mean, yeah, the points is big. I think Smith, you're spot on there. And what is that it will be the point. And, and it's crazy to think this is too defensive-minded. These are two very good defenses, and I weirdly feel very comfortable taking the over. The over-under is 46 points. I feel very confident taking that over because it's going to be those plays. It's This is the type of game, and no shocker, a championship game, an NFC championship game, where the playmakers are going to make those one to two extra plays. 
And that's where this gets crazy because both teams up and down have got playmakers. I mean, my gosh, if we if we want to talk about playmakers, you could sit here and say the the least likely playmaker playmaker is Brock Purdy. Well, who's betting against Brock Brock Purdy? <laughs> it's, it's, he's doing the job. And weirdly enough, I say this with so much respect, and I love everything that Jimmy Garoppolo has done for the 49ers, and I think he could have led this team to this position. But it feels like this offense, that 20-point mark that you said, Samantha, it feels like this offense behind Brock Purdy right now can break that 20 mark, can push 30 points against Philly. And with the defense they have, that's enough to win it and get back to the Super Bowl. I would just like to say that while in spirit, I'm not here for your Jimmy Garoppolo's slander. I <laughs> actually completely agree with you on this point. <laughs> Sorry, Jimmy. I love you. Sorry. Okay, so I'm going to be a great future Jet. <laughs> oh, no, we can't do that to him. Oh, boy. All right. I am also taking the 49ers in this one. I, I like I like how San Francisco is playing. Not, not that Philly's playing bad. For, obviously, they're not. But I also happen to like, you know, something has been said is I think that the 49ers have had a more difficult road to get here than the Eagles have had. And that you guys know me. That is that is something that I carry that carries a lot of weight with me uh, when you reach the championship level of, of these of these sporting events of ours. So I'm taking the 49ers. All right. Let's switch it over to the AFC. We got a rematch. It's Bengals, Chiefs, Samantha. Any, what were the odds you have given to have a rematch of last year's AFC championship game this year going into the season? I mean, one half of it, like 100%, and the other half, like 10%. Like, did I think the Chiefs would be back here? Yes, right. absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think the Bengals would be back here. No, especially when I saw how the Bengals began this season. They didn't have a good off season. Like, it was bad. And they started out their season looking like a team that had taken a number of steps back. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, wait a minute. This is the exact same thing they did a year ago. They got hot at the right time. It's like they think they're playing baseball or something. Like, just hang out and survive until you get to the postseason and then you turn it on. Um, What's not counting on that happening two years in a row, but, like, good for the Bengals. They made it. They have a lot of flaws that I thought would have stood in their way. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't think – I mean, it's not, like, the last matchup you would have picked, even if you throw out, like, the teams that, like, Houston, where you're like, well, we're not counting them, right? But mm-hmm. So if you were talking about, like, what is the likelihood that we get this pair of teams, especially because it's a rematch and we all know it's hard to get back there. I would have given you very, very bad odds on this exact same matchup. Also, like, didn't we all just kind of believe this was going to be Bill's Chiefs? It's what it should have been. Yeah. I mean, that, no shade to the Bengals. They earned it. They earned it. They deserve to be there. But the matchup that I think we all wanted was Chiefs Bengals, or excuse me, Chiefs Bills. So, bummer about that. But, you know, you took your cap to the Bengals. They're the team that is not supposed to be here for the second year in a row. And yet, here they are. Yeah, here they are. So, what, if anything, now, obviously, no difference whatsoever with this game is a perfectly acceptable answer, but last season's AFC Championship game to this one, what, if anything, is different this time around? All right, we'll start with the really obvious one, which is that Patrick Mahomes only has one foot. 
So there's that. Right. Uh, that is a thing that we are going to be contending with here. So hugely lucky break for Cincinnati, right? Like the most important player in this game on either team has lost a limb effectively. So, okay. So there's that. Other than that, I mean, yes, okay, Tyreek Hill is gone. Kansas City's offense is less vertical than it used to be. Sure, absolutely. The Bengals, I mean, I think they've gotten better at defensive adjustments. I think their offense is pretty stagnant, but it's working for them right now. But there's not a whole lot of difference there, one way or the other. I mean, other than just, okay, you know, you caught a break because of what's happened with Mahomes, and, and Henning isn't a bad backup, but, you know, we'll get into that. But I, to me, there's actually not a ton different here, except that the Bengals, well, put it this way, there's going to be a lot more people giving the Bengals a snowball's chance in hell of winning this game than there were a year ago, and maybe mm-hmm. that's the difference, right? Like, you're on the other side of it. A lot more people believe in you. There's good and bad about that. You know, like there's something there's something to the whole nobody believes in us saying that's a that's a powerful thing and I think it helped the Bengals last year and they're not gonna have that advantage this time around. But they're also an experienced team that knows they can take down the juggernaut. So that's the other side of it. We don't really know which way it's gonna tip, but I think that's sort of something that we have to look at and, and figure out kind of how it's gonna affect both of these teams. Irby, same question for you. What if anything? is different from a year ago? <laughs> um, my gosh, not much. When we look at these teams, that what they've done, it's been three points. That's what's going to decide it, right? Like It seems like it's always coming down to three points. So what's different? Um, Patrick's ankle's a little bit, little bit bigger. That one's going to slow them down just a little bit. I know that everyone out of there is saying, no, 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 it was good. He was stretching. He was stretching on it today. Right, because stretching is the same thing. Um, I don't I, At this point, with these two teams, like, yes, there's different players. There's, there's different aspects of who they are. But these are the teams that, you know, I, I, I love Buffalo. And, and I want Buffalo to get there so well, but when, you know, at this point of the season, you have to execute, and they did not, and Cincinnati did. Right. And Cincinnati's here. Um, and, you know, I mean, we, we saw that that Monday night as well. It looked like it was going that direction, the game that was um, eventually canceled. Like, it was starting off that way. It was not looking good for Buffalo. And, and Buffalo's kind of been was tripping over their own feet there at the end of the season. They weren't executing. Cincinnati executes. They get the job done. And, and, What's wonderful about these two teams is they both do that. Like, like there's no shock. Patrick Mahomes is going to throw the ball to Travis Kelsey. You know that. I know that. We all know that. They're still going to do it. Joe Burrow is going to throw long passes to Jamar Chase. It's going to happen. And that's what's wonderful about these two teams is that X's, O's, schemes, all this stuff, like matchups and all these things that we can go through them all and <laughs> I hate being the broken record, but it really comes down to who will get the job done that day. This game, like, like the, I'm very confident when we look at games and we talk. To, I said this last week when we were talking about it with Dallas and San Francisco. This game will not be a blowout either direction. It will be a close game. I have never felt more confident than this game right here. It will be a close game. The way Cincinnati's defense 
disrupted everything, anything and everything that Josh Allen was trying to do. They're going to do it to Mahomes this week, especially with him on a not 100% ankle. And and at the same time, Kansas City's defense is not something to joke about. Like they, like we joked about them a few years back, and they fixed things and they got better. And it's not the greatest thing, but it's better, and it's worthy enough to get yourself back to the Super Bowl. It's worthy enough to win yourself the Super Bowl. So this game really comes down to who doesn't make a mistake, who makes a big play, and we, it's what I said in the last matchup too. But at this point, we're right down with the final four teams. Like there's no grand thing. There's not a coach that's suddenly looking at something in a film going, did we see this about these guys? Oh my gosh, nobody knows this. We all know what they're going to do. We all know what both sides are going to do. It's a matter of who enforces that will. And this one's a little different. Bo, I know you're a big fan of that that one year of real estate. We saw it big time on Sunday. Yes, we did. And it will play a factor here. It absolutely will play a factor here with Cincinnati's O-line a little shaken up. Quarterback for Kansas City a little shaken up. The one yard of real estate will play a factor, but it won't be the only thing. It's going. This is going to come down to playmakers making plays, and I said that the other one, but but especially here, Jamar Chase, Travis Kelsey. Look, I know what Burrow and Mahomes are. They are wonderful quarterbacks. They are they are elite NFL quarterbacks, and they are going to perform like that. But this is going to come down to the other side. The the, the players getting the ball and getting downfield, and that's Chase, that's Kelsey, and I know they're not the only ones, but I, I it's going to come down to those two, and how do you stop those two? All right, so you, you both brought up Mahomes' ankle, so I think we should talk about it here. Uh, Samantha, I, I need some help here with, with exactly what's going on with this ankle because – I saw something that I've never seen before, which is a player go down with a high ankle sprain. It was it was suspected to be a high ankle sprain. It was confirmed as a high ankle sprain the day after on Monday. It was it was confirmed as a high ankle sprain. Then now I don't know if maybe evolution has given kids these days different ankles than we have, but that used <laughs> to, that used to be a six week injury. It's definitely not something you come back into the game for, much less play the next week. For the life of me, I don't understand why we're not talking right now about can Henny actually handle a full game? Absolutely. Well, and I think there's a second element to this whole does he have a different ankle thing because, you know, when we watch this happen and we've, you know, we watch a lot of football, um, you know, it's it's our job to watch football and, and we've watched a ton of it over a number of years and we've gotten, I think most of us pretty good at assessing, if not the exact injury, the type of injury that somebody sustained. And we all looked at that and went, that's structural. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. the fact that it is apparently a high ankle sprain is highly suspicious to me because his leg bent the wrong way for that. So when you said a different ankle, I immediately thought of like dinosaur legs and bird legs, you know how the knee goes the other way. (laughs) Like, Oh, right. Cause the ankle bends the, the other direction or those, ones that have, like, the ball and socket joint on their foot where the foot, like, rotates, you know? Like, does he have a different ankle? I mean, he is Patrick Mahomes, and he does have a different ankle. I don't know. Maybe he was born with dinosaur ankles. It would be helpful (laughs) in this instance. But, yeah, it's freaking weird, right? Also, to your point, yeah, that's a six-week injury. Like, you can't just – I mean, there is a degree of it's the postseason. You get out there if you can do it. But, like, well, number one, this is a very expensive gentleman who's going to be with your team for a very long time. You'd mm-hmm. think that you would want to not, like, I don't know, destroy one of his seats. 
um, because you're going to need him again next year. I don't know that winning a Super Bowl this year would be worth it, especially when you've won one in the recent past and have the potential to win many more. So it's not really a flags fly forever kind of situation. So if he was on like week four recovering from a high ankle sprain, I'd say, heck yeah, if he feels good, I'd send him out there too as playoffs. Mm-hmm. But like, you can't just decide that someone's fine or that you're going to play on it. If you could, then everybody who's gritty and tough would just get out there on like their compound fractured leg and be like, well, screw it. I don't care if my leg falls off in two weeks. I just, I just got to make it through the Super Bowl. It doesn't work that way. Like, unless you have, you know, a different leg. I mean, I don't know. Maybe self-healing. Um, I, I still am, am not completely convinced that it's a high ankle sprain. Anyway, I want to see his x-rays. That's you know, I'm with I you want on to that. see that guy's x-rays. I do not actually believe this. I think he's got a broken bone in this foot. I think we're going to find that out later. Oof. Well, okay, then real quick before we go to Irby with the same question. If, if needed, how do, you, how do you feel about Henny for a full game with the Chiefs offense? Well, honestly, I mean, I think at what point does that just become the smarter play? Because, look, if I'm an opposing defense, if I'm in Bengals, well, what am I going to do under these circumstances? I have information, right? I have indisputable information that this guy's got a bum leg if we're talking about Mahomes. So what is your strategy? Your entire strategy becomes go after the leg. And before you all come for me, you don't have to play dirty to do that, right? This is right. football. Mm-hmm. Like, you can go after somebody's legs. And it's, it's not like baseball where we would say, well, that's not very sporting. You shouldn't be doing that. Like, it's football, man. It's part of the game. That's your strategy. Take him out of the knees. Like, knock that leg the rest of the way off. Whatever you have to do. So, Henny being a not-that-bad backup, it's like, I mean, yeah, is, I don't know, 70% of Pat Mahomes better than 100% of Henny? Probably. But, like, 0% of Pat Mahomes, especially if you've allowed, it, you know, an entire half to go by and which you can't do anything, like, I don't know. At what point is it smarter to be, like, running your first-team offense with Henny in mind? So, I don't know. I mean, I hope they have two playbooks, John. I'll put it that way because, mm-hmm. like, this can't be throwing him out there isn't the right solution. And, obviously, if Mahomes says he can go, the doctors have cleared him to go, you're, you're going to let him go. But you got to be quick with the hook. Right, because you don't want to lose the game because you were afraid to put Henny out there. I, I just think he is good enough to where he's not a guarantee you're going to lose the game. You have your future to keep in mind, and honestly, Mahomes is an easy target with that bum foot. You know, one thing too that I would definitely test his mobility. Like, like it, it's not necessarily going yeah. to the leg, but like, like flush him out of the pocket, I, man. Exactly. Move. I, I, I am, I'm, I'm blitzing up the middle. I'm pushing him out to the outside and I'm going to see how much mobility he has. I'm doing that the first offensive series. 100%, 100%. You know? and, and that's what I mean. Like guys, I'm not saying like take a cheap shot at his ankle. I'm saying make him use it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. that's what we mean when we're talking about targeting someone's foot. Also, if you fall on it, you know, just saying. <laughs> Irby, how about you? Anything you want to add here? I yeah, the I don't buy for one second it's just a high ankle sprain. And that it's no big deal. Not buying for Thank one second. You. Every everything medical about that I've learned and everything in sports injuries, medical world, doctors that I trust, doctors that I that I value their opinion who have commented on this. No, there's they're dealing with more. He's dealing with more. Um, and this is not a shot at Kansas City. This is real. This is just reality. And and if you want to sit there as a fan and go, no, no, he's fine. Okay, you could say that. It doesn't change his ankle. Like this isn't like Peter Pan. And if we just say, clap our hands, he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. It's not suddenly going to get better. 
it's hurting. It's absolutely hurting. And, and I cracked up at all day. They were showing a, well, look at him over here. Like I said, the stretching and all that. And apparently there was video of when he left the press conference and he was walking away. They're like, looks good to me. Yeah, he's walking. Boy, big issue right there. Is he going to be able to walk uh, and do a three-step drop? Is he be able to stand in the pocket and just walk around? No. Walking around, stretching on the practice field, slightly, slightly different than playing in a game. A cold game. Another one, too, going to be cold. Outdoors in Kansas City, going to be cold. Boy, it almost would have been better if they'd have got the neutral site in Atlanta. <laughs> and the cold <laughs> might not have been a factor. Almost would have worked out better here for Kansas City, but not what's happening. His ankle's hurt. It absolutely is hurt. There, there, is, there is an issue there. How big of an issue? I, we can, all we can do is speculate. And, and anyone that sits here and tells you, no, it's this or this, like we don't know. It's, we can speculate because it, we'll find out Sunday. But it is absolutely hurt. We can go back to, so Matthew, you talked about this. Y'all trying to find the trainer, what he was saying. That trainer, when he was hurt, was not 100% comfortable with Patrick going back into the game. And they went and wrapped it at halftime. And he came back out, and he performed just fine. And there's the decision you're making. You said it on there perfectly well. 70% Mahomes, is it better than 100% Henny? And if it is, and he's good to go, and he's medically cleared, he's going to play. Patrick Mahomes will start this game. Absolutely. I, I'm very confident that he will start this game. Will it be the MVP caliber Patrick Mahomes? Will it be the 5,000-yard passing Patrick Mahomes? Will it be the gunslinging Patrick Mahomes? We'll find out on Sunday. Well, regardless, he's got a future with the Minnesota Twins organization. So he's got that going for him. I, Maybe that's his X-rating. It's true. That's true. <laughs> he's got no future with the Mets or the Giants. But. <laughs> All right. Samantha, anything you want to add there before we pick this? No, no, I'm ready, I think. All right, who is representing the AFC and whichever Super Bowl we're on? Is it 57? I think it's 57. All right, well, this is tough because we don't really know. Not super optimistic about it. I also know that, guess what, guys? Patrick Mahomes is 100% a year ago, and the Bengals still beat him. So... I'm putting that together with the fact that I'm going to borrow a phrase from you, Irby. I am choosing joy. I want to see the Bengals go. I would love to see them get another shot at this. Joe Burrow is one of my favorite players in the NFL, so I would love to see him get another opportunity. And Kansas City's fine, but like I'm sick of Kansas City. I want to see something new. So put that together with the dinosaur leg or whatever the hell, and going Bengals here. Woo. Irby, how about you? Bengals or Chiefs? I'm just happy you're busting out the choose joy. Well done. Good use of it. Perfect timing. Thank you for that. That was, that was great. That was great. Um, this one's tough for me, too, just because I there was no way last week I was not picking Buffalo, but I was not confident in it, and it's because of the way Cincinnati is playing. Cincinnati, not just the offense, but the defense as well. I mean, this, the, Cincinnati is this, – this is what's wonderful. We – the beginning of this segment, Samantha, I think you were the one that said about it was not a good offseason. They started the season 0-2. You know, they were 4-4 and at one point, and now here they are winning and winning and winning and winning and winning and winning. And that's tough to pick against. 
it's very difficult to pick against because you're seeing it on both sides, San Francisco and now here Cincinnati as well. So I don't know because the heart wants the Cincinnati. I think I'm going to take Kansas city at home um, that Patrick Mahomes is enough, but that's partially because I'm cheating on my own. My brain is cheating on my heart because I did this last week and I picked against Cincinnati against my better judgment. So I'm going to take Kansas city. The head wins out on the air. The hearts might be cheering for something different. Well, I, I will say this. If, if either of these leagues is going to have a repeat champion, it's going to be the AFC. It's definitely not going to beat the NFC. Um, so I, I'm going to I'm going to take the Bengals. And I'm taking them, not necessarily, definitely not because of Mahomes, and not because of, you know we might see a lot of, of Henny and this and that. I just like how, how, how Cincinnati is playing football right now. You look at these four teams... The Eagles are playing well. The 49ers are playing well. The Bengals are playing well. The Chiefs are playing well. But the Bengals, what they did at Buffalo, for me, was a, a, just a tick higher. And if they can continue that going in through, through this AFC Championship game, they're going to be right back in the Super Bowl for a second year in a row. So I'm taking the Bengals. Great point. That's a great point, too. Okay. It's time for that time capsule segment. Samantha, it is your week to take us down uh, memory lane. So what do you have for us tonight? All right, gang. Well, if you're paying attention, I did give you a, a bit of a hint earlier in the show. Um, so if you know, not the year the movie Titanic came out, but the year when it, it really kind of hit its stride, is also the year that well, let's rewind a little bit to last week, too. We talked about Buffalo possibly being cursed, being the team that lost four Super Bowls. Well, before the Bills were the Bills, someone else was the Bills. The Broncos were the Bills because they also lost four Super Bowls. 1977, 1986, 1987, and 1989. And guess what happened in 1980, 1998, guys? They won. Finally. <laughs> they got past their curse. The John Elway curse died. They went on to win a couple more after that, too. So... Denver finally wins the Super Bowl in the year 1998. Friendly reminder, this would be the 1997 football season, but the year that we are dealing with here for the Super Bowl and also for our time capsule is 1998. So good for the Broncos. Got that win over the Green Bay Packers in Qualcomm Stadium in San Diego and went on to win another Super Bowl the next year as well. So what else was going on that year, guys? Who won the World Series in 1998? This is a pretty easy one. It's pretty easy, yes. The Yankees, the middle of their dynasty. Correct. And who did they beat? They swept somebody. This is a sweep, actually. This was not that a was, series. <laughs> yeah, that was you. They swept the Padres, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. And how about the NBA Finals? 1998 NBA Finals? Oh, man. This is this is still the, the still second the round of Bulls. Yeah, that's Bulls. Yeah. That, is that Bulls Jazz? Yes, it sure is. Good yeah, job. Yeah. Bulls over the Jazz, the infamous Michael Jordan shot to, to seal it there in game six. That's correct. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Very good. All right. So also worth noting, speaking of Yankees, David Cohn pitched a perfect game this year on July eighteenth. So as you know, the official lollygagging position. On these things is that we do not respect no-hitters, but we do respect perfect games. So That's David right. Cohn 
good for you, went out there and got it. Does anybody remember who the AL MVP was this year? 1998, I believe. Was it, was it that Pudge's year, Irby? Sure, sure was. That's good Pudge job. Good job. That's the one I wanted you to get. The NL MVP was Chipper Jones. Um, the rookie of the year he was in good the too. American League that year. Carlos Beltran of Kansas City. He's had an interesting past since then. Uh, <laughs> and the NL Rookie of the Year, if you remember him, which you might. He was like a mediocre right-handed reliever. Scott Williamson of the Cincinnati Reds. Um, anybody want to take a gander at who won the World Cup that year? Okay, Irby, I'm going to defer to you on that. <laughs> I Brazil's the... Isn't that what you go with? When in doubt, go with Brazil? I mean, I would. That is a good strategy. I would suggest you use recency bias for your strategy this time around. So Brazil did one, so then the next one would be you go with France. If it's not, yes. it's Brazil, France, or the yes. third guess is Germany, France, okay? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well done. This is, and that would be 98, so that's the, uh, what was the, the head butter? Um, double Z. Zinedine Zidane was his oh, name. Right. Yes. That's right. That was it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh my gosh, yeah. But the headbutting would have been four years later in 2002 because that was an elimination. That was still, yeah. So this is, wow, France beat Brazil. Okay, cool. Yep. And where was the Winter Olympics this year, Irby? You're the one who will know this. Um, winter, oh, golly. Uh, 1998. Japan. Nagano, Nagano. Yes. Very good. I know Japan. Woo. Very good. So, a couple oh my of gosh, fun facts from 1998 before we get into our movies and our music and see how these guys do this week. Uh, Google was incorporated as a private company in 1998. Uh, they started <laughs> as, a, as a quote unquote research project in 1996. Uh, Apple introduced the iMac. Uh, the Monica Lewinsky scandal took place mm-hmm. in this year. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I always kind of look at the, you know, what did things cost in that year to, to see if there's any interesting stuff. Gas was a dollar fifteen. That's depressing, but Man. more important, um, <laughs> since this is this has been a big topic lately. On this is something that's on everyone's mind. Eggs. We have an egg shortage now. A dozen eggs in 1998 cost eighty-eight cents. So. Oh my god! Wow. What a deal, right? You could. Wow. I would eat nothing but eggs. In fact, I think I did. I mean, yeah, just think about how, like, if you were really desperate, like, you could probably eat for, like, a solid four days for 88 cents if you only ate eggs. And then you would eat eggs forever, and you wouldn't care that there's an egg shortage now. But, you know, just say You could have got away with it. Now, you would not be able to do that with eggs. But, okay. So. Y'all. Let's get into some movies here. Guys, 1998, early thoughts, early guesses. We got them. Oh, yeah, I've got some. So, yeah, this is, as you alluded to, this would be the big money year for Titanic because yeah. that was a Christmas release. Yes, right. December 19th, okay. 1997. So, so they probably still made $150 million some odd dollars in 1997 and right. made their other and they billion. Made $488 million in 488, yeah. <laughs> so, Which $488 in 1998 is probably like $1.5 now. Yes. So you can guess where that one was ranked then, of course. This is probably yes. the least, least surprising one we'll ever do. Yeah, Titanic, number one. Mm. So what else do you so, got me? Yes, I got that one. Um, this one's a big year for me because this is, I remember my dad taking me to a few rated R. And mm-hmm. 
as an emergency manager who loves his disaster stuff, I believe yeah. we've got a disaster movie in here. We do. Yeah. Actually, we have several of them, and they are really similar. Something tells me. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Deep yes. Impact. Okay. All right. So yeah. Armageddon. That's one. Armageddon yeah. and Deep Impact. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So yes, Armageddon was number two. That's that's the big fish and Deep Impact, which I firmly believe to be probably the most depressing movie that I think I've ever Absolutely. seen in the theater. Number seven. <laughs> I agree with you on that. Armageddon. <laughs> Armageddon also gives us a little bit, a little insight into the music side of this conversation here in a few minutes. Mm. That does come. Yeah. There's there's an interesting thing going on with the music here, um, with relating to both Titanic and Armageddon that I think might surprise you guys a little bit. But yes, that is a thought that you should keep in mind. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So deep impact. Uh, Where was deep impact again? Seven. Seven, okay. Seven. And you're saying there's one more? Uh, no, not in the top ten. There, There is another one. Oh, okay. Well, we'll get, we'll get to this. We'll get to this. But no, that's it for disaster movies in the top ten. We have, let's see, one, two, two comedies, a kid's movie, one pure drama, one... Dramedy, we'll call it, and one an action movie, and then one that's like um a reboot that is would maybe loosely be called an action movie. Actually, technically, this could also be called a disaster movie. You could technically identify this as a disaster movie because it was if, so bad, or <laughs> well, that would also be true. But the plot, <laughs> technically, it was a major disaster. It's unlikely to occur in reality but if it happened it would be a disaster put it that way also it was disastrously bad yes you're correct okay all right so i'm thinking back uh uh armageddon this is back when i actually still watched the academy awards me too yeah the political i would watch them i I was just as mad i think at that point but yeah i I definitely still watch them and this is where the music pops into my head too. Is this a Saving Private Ryan year? Yes, yes. Yeah. I've never actually seen this movie, but yeah, that was number three. So you got the first three. Good job. Okay. Hmm. Man, I am. All right. I'm blanking here on comedies. Movies, comedies. So you got the drama. Yeah. So you're looking for two pure comedies and one that's like a drama. Is it? Is are these comedies part of like sequels? No, none of them are. None of them have sequels, and none of them are sequels. They're okay. all standalones. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think back at the actors in the late nineties. That would be a good way to go for yeah. at least one of these because one of these is like the guy for this particular time period. Who was the guy in comedy in the late 90s? Like, the guy. Oh, I hate this Adam Sandler. Yeah, Adam no, well, I should say I don't hate him personally. I've heard great things about him as a human, but I hate Ooh. his movies. Um, yes, Adam Sandler. Okay, so we're in the era of... What? So this is the... Big, um, just think it through. What, what did he have? It's, it's not Baby Daddy. Um, before, it was before that. Like, this is still when he's in, like, his prime. But it's towards the end of his prime. Like, this is probably the last one that's, like, oh. the Adam Sandler heyday. 
this is not yeah Gilmore Happy Gilmore's before yeah that's, yeah, early. Yeah. that's like ninety five ninety six um, yeah yeah Gilmore um, somewhat on theme for us hmm. as a show oh the Water Boy yeah there you go number yeah. five oh, the God. Water Boy <laughs> that movie okay I'm just gonna put it out there that movie was awful yes it was truly awful. Just really, truly awful. And it's really disappointing, uh, but it's because it's got a hell of a cast, you know, like like Kathy Bates. Uh, what's mm-hmm. his, what's his ass that plays the Fonz? I can never remember his actual name. Um, Henry Winkler. Yeah, the Fonz. Henry Winkler. The thank Fonz. you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You, you got uh, Jerry Reed's in that. Like, I mean, it's it's just a great cast and an awful script. Yeah, it is. That was not a good movie. Um. <laughs> Like also, I think in my mind, I sort of conflated it with Varsity Blues because they came out around the same time, even though they're not really the same type of movie, <laughs> but it's like two football movies at the same time, and they merged into one in my mind. Um, so it's like Joss and Leary being like, "I don't want your life," and his goofy, terrible accent, like mixed with like Adam Sandler, like being <laughs> it's not better than the originals. It didn't help either movie, really. For- um, for those new to the program, Smith, that, that might be that Smith. That might be like your least favorite line in history because I've heard you do that many, many times. I just—it's so cringe, right? Like I'm not good at accents either, but like you would think, like there are like a million people out there who are like from the South and can act in a movie like Varsity Blues that actually requires very little acting. So mm-hmm. like you could get someone who can like do a passable Texas accent, or you could just hire a person from Texas. Like it's not a hard part to play. Like, I don't think James Vanderbeek has ever been the guy where it was like, well, you got to get that guy for anything, ever. Like, why did Dawson Leary need to be that guy? Like, <laughs> I, it's just like that, that line just makes me cringe every time. Um, I'm not good at accents either, but listen, I'm not trying to make any money off of it. So, um, As true like, Texans, I appreciate you also identifying that, that we all, all walk around, come on, Mox! <laughs> not, not that bad. <laughs> I know so many people from Texas and none of them sound like that. It's not even close. <laughs> imagine being yeah. imagine being a Texan watching that. Imagine I, that. I can't, I can't even imagine. Like I, 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 I when like, I remember watching that movie, first of all, it, it, that one's not in our top ten, right? I just wanna Varsity Blues? No. Yeah. Okay, good. That would have been that would have been great if we'd have done all this and then not guessed that. Uh, that's something Bo and I would mess up on. <laughs> wanna put that out there. Yes, I remember watching that. Keep James Vanderbeek in mind. That's yeah. going to be relevant somewhere in the rest of this program. Just keep that in the back of your head. Just saying. It'll come oh, up later. Crap. But not hmm. else but, um, Yeah, no, that one, I remember when that came out, and it's like, wait, this is supposed to be Texas. Like, where? I've visited most of Texas. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't know where we talk like this, <laughs> but. Uh, Billy Bob was good. Billy Bob was good. I'll give Billy Bob. It. I'll give it to Billy Bob. He he was good. Hey, they were ahead of their time. They got the the concussion issues before we we, we figured true. it out in the NFL. Well, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, all right. So we'll we'll have to stop now talking about a movie that's yeah. not actually that's not in the top ten. It's not actually part of the top. Okay. So I'm I'm thinking through '98. That would be right around when things like Starship Troopers, Wild Things. No, no. Came out. Not Is the other comedy have like, like an actual comedian or or another? It's not another Adam Sandler, is it? It's not another Adam Sandler. Does he have? Um, no, he had something very, else. 
well-known comedy that was very popular at the time that actually has not really aged all that well. Um, I'm actually surprised nobody talks about this anymore, but people quoted it all the time. And it does have a, it has a cameo that's football relevant in it. Put it that way. It has a cameo that's football-ish. But it is not a football movie. But it has a cameo from a football player. Hmm. From the team that lost the Super Bowl this year. It has to do with the spelling of his name and the pronunciation of his name. Oh. What? You got it? Yeah. There's something about Mary. Yeah, there you go. Oh, wow. Good job. Wow. Brett, Brett Favry? Favry? Oh, that's right. Brett Favre's in that. Yeah, yeah. Early, uh, early Ben Stiller. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so you guys... I was not a big fan of the movie. I was not a... Yeah, that was no, not I one that, that I enjoyed. Movie. I, although I wouldn't call it a favorite, you know? It's like you saw yeah. it, and you're like, oh, that's funny. You know, then you kind of move on. Um, yeah. And it seems to be a fairly forgotten one. All right, so you still need six, eight, nine, and ten. So, recap, we have the maybe a disaster movie, if you look at it the right way. Uh, we have a pure action movie. Well, we'll call this an action comedy. Um, we have the dramedy, and then we have the family movie. It was a family movie. Okay, so family movie, like animated family movie? No, not animated. Okay. Hmm. Well, there may have been, I don't know, were there animated? There's definitely CGI components to this, I think. I haven't but not, seen But it. not like a Disney or a Pixar Correct. or yeah. um, what was the other one? The, uh, DreamWorks. Yeah. No. It, not one of theirs. Okay. Be, yeah. Humans. Something approximating humans. Does have a magical element to it, but not anime. Okay, I'm gonna throw a shot in the dark on the action just because it popped okay. up on my Netflix last night, and okay. maybe it should be about that time. The Mask of Zorro. No, but that's a great uh, guess. That's that's got to be around this time. This is like more like a oh, but that's a comedy action comedy too. This one I would say means more comedy than that one. And this, oh, that one, okay. It's this isn't like an adventure movie like that one is, but that's a great guess. I didn't even think about the fact that that would make total sense for that movie, the description that I gave you. But yeah, so this is more comedy, more like absurd, um, oh, and see, much more see, I was, standard. This one has sequels. This is the original, but it has sequels. It's not bad sequels. boys, is it? I, oh no, but that's a great guess though. The, the other one, uh, yes, um, mm-hmm. Rush Hour. Okay. Rush yes. Hour. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh. oh, yes. Good job. Go and give it credit for that one. I, I, um, always yes, for, yeah. I always forget Rush Hour, and I, I don't know why, because oh. I love that series of movie. <laughs> so wrong. Oh, I, I love Bad Boys, though. I never thought about that they're similar to New York. Uh, Bad Boys. Uh, I actually like Bad Boys 2 as well. I have Bad not Boys seen is, any of the Rush Hours. Bad Boys 2 is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's good. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Um, Okay. What is it? The so, scene in there? The kid at the, I'm sorry. I'll go down a tangent. I won't do it. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. I know the scene you're talking I can do it. about. Yeah. Don't do that. This is a family program. <laughs> I, uh, that's we true. Also have a I lot can't. Of music to get through as well as several uh, movies. So let me stop you there. Dramedy, uh, family movie, weird interpretation of a disaster movie. Weird interpretation of the disaster movie. That's also like movie. natural disaster, like no, like Armageddon. Say natural. Oh, in this movie, I mean, 
Yeah, this is not something that exists in nature. Hmm. Ooh. Whoa! Yes, I, I was thinking this was '99 Godzilla. Yeah, there you go. With uh, Matthew Broderick. Oh, yeah. Yes. John Reno. Yes. Yes. Like oh. After movie in a way. It is. <laughs> that, that is incredibly accurate version of Godzilla, but he was a little more athletic in this one than he's been in anything else. <laughs> Godzilla versus Kong was fantastic, and that's all I'm going to say about it. It's fantastic. Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> all right, so family movie, dramedy. Um, I can't speak to anyone's feelings about this family movie. Like My understanding of it was that it wasn't great, but the dramedy is one. Like Everyone likes this movie. Everyone likes this movie, and it was kind of a career maker for a couple of certain actors, and hmm. it's fairly universally liked, and it was star-making for a couple of people. Interesting. Drama in 98 that, that created some stories. Dramedy. Hmm. I could give you another hint, but it's going to give it away. Can you give us one of the stars? It's, well, you're gonna, you'll be able to answer it. Oh, that's what's going so it's, Can I give you? A, okay, I'll give you a supporting cast member. Although this is gonna make it really obvious. Mini Driver. Oh, oh Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. That was ninety. I would, I would have thought that was like ninety six or ninety seven. Yeah, me too. I was, I thought it was ninety seven, and I suspect huh. it was technically released in ninety seven. I did not confirm this, but I think this was. Probably released. Oh, and then it was late, okay. Late ninety seven, and then made most of its money in ninety eight. So, uh, oh, ready so to go. Ahead. No, I'm pretty sure I saw it. Oh, wow. that's such a yes. great movie. Yeah, yeah, really. That's what I mean. Everybody likes this movie, right? It's really good, really great movie, and and uh, launched the careers of both Ben Affleck and uh, Matt Damon. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I, right, so I just could even say Cole Hauser. One more. Yeah, just the family movies. The Number family six movie. this year. Mm-hmm. This guy's family a very movie. famous comedian. Very famous comedian. Somebody who we all like. We all like a lot of his movies. His earlier movies. Hmm. Okay. Is it a Robin Williams film? No. No. But probably, just- I'm gonna guess they would be around the same age. I'm thinking this person might be a little bit younger than Robin Williams, but. Definitely peaked in the eighties. Had a lot of really, really good movies in the eighties. Things that we all like. Early eighties and late eighties too, but starts in the early eighties. Starts in the eighties. Is he still making stuff? We we did say he. Yeah, he's still around. He's. I mean, he's not super prominent now, but he is technically still around. Eighties. Yeah. Eighties. He did just do a remake recently. Or a sequel or something. The one of his beloved eighties movies. Oh. Got his start on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Is, is, is it is it uh, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd? Uh, no. No, no. If they just said the Ghostbusters re- the not Ghostbusters. They were just Dan was in the Oh no, they all were in it. That's right. Uh no. Oh, is this Eddie? Yeah. So this would be Nutty Professor? The other one. Oh, oh. Before Nutty Professor. Um, Dr. Doolittle. 
Yeah, there you go. Oh. All right. We finally made it. Yeah, I was a fan of that one. <laughs> yeah, okay. I never, I never saw it, but my understanding of it was that it was not good, although apparently a lot of people disagree because it was number yeah. six. All right, so good job, guys. You got all ten. Um, other, A few other notables at 11, Lethal Weapon 4, since someone always guesses a Lethal Weapon movie, I thought <laughs> someone would guess this, and they didn't. because <laughs> it was four. <laughs> 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 um, at number 15, here's your Disney, Mulan. Number 25. Also with Eddie in it. Yeah, yeah. Number 25, Blade. Um, oh, my gosh. The first one? Weirdly bad yet good movie. Yeah, yeah, the first one. The beginning one. of the MCU universe. <laughs> yes. Yes, um, uh, Number 32, I was surprised this was not higher. Kind of a sequel, U.S. Marshals. Ooh. <laughs> Great movie. That, that was Robert Downey before he got in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Well, after he got in trouble, before he it was after. Was, yeah, yeah, that was, was more like the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Kind of Sorry. His act a little bit. Um, Iron Iron Man before Iron Man. There you go. Um, and number fifty-four, um, horror comedy, Urban Legend. Pretty sure I saw this in the theaters. I don't know why because I had to cover my eyes the whole time. Um, and at number 55, possibly the worst movie I've ever seen in a theater, Sphere. <laughs> Fantastic book. <laughs> I, I'm just going to have to trust you on that because I don't ever want anything to do with that. I, okay, so that, book, but yes. that was absolutely the worst thing I've ever seen in a theater. It was like the first time I've ever wanted to be like, I demand my money back. <laughs> um, horrible movie. There was a young Queen Latifah in that movie. Was she? Oh, poor yes. Queen Latifah. I'm sorry she was subjected to that. She was uh, not a huge role. Not a huge role, but she, well, there's only like nine actors in it. <laughs> oh, Queen Latifah, I'm sorry you had to do that. Uh. She died in it. She died. Oh, she already gave it away. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> 25 years later. Dude, spoilers. Seen it, or don't see yeah, 25 yeah, years. That's a real spoiler <laughs> for you guys. The movie has no ending. It just stops. There is no nope. ending. Like, what's in the sphere? Nobody knows. The end. Worst movie ever. Okay. So <laughs> let's move on to music. Um, I think we're running Ooh. a bit long here, guys. So, uh, yeah. spoiler, this was not a good year for music, or at least it was not a good year in terms of what landed in the top ten. This is a pretty sorry assortment of music uh but entertaining nonetheless so let's get into some of these uh who has some guesses for me for the music from this year okay well oh. celine dion with titanic okay weirdly no that no. was number 13 what? wow um i i can't yeah i was oh, as you are um <laughs> the only thing i can think and i didn't check to confirm this because i would have been cheating for me to do this, because I would have seen then the top ten for '97, is I wondered if the song was released ahead of the movie and it ran out of steam. Oh, it could be. Point. Could be. But I didn't want to check because if I look at '97, then I'm going to know the answers and somebody does 1997. So I did not check. Ah, um, well, but anyway, yeah, then, that's number thirteen. Well, and well, I mean, continue what he said earlier. I don't want to miss a thing. Aerosmith. Okay. Armageddon. Very yes. Um, you're. Yeah, that's the song. Um, that's number 23. Um, Whoa! That one's a little bit farther down and now. That's a price. Ooh, I crap! 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 There are actually no 
none of these are movie songs that I'm aware of that are in the top ten. Um, well, there's one that I think might have been, and then the one at number ten is actually tied to a TV show. So something to keep in mind. All right, 1998. Okay, hang on. Uh, is, that, is that the Dawson's Creek song? Yes, good Which job. Yeah. Paul Cole. Yeah. I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait. <laughs> wanna wait. <laughs> the Dawson's Creek theme song. Figure oh, um, okay. Um, who else the boys in my dorm would lock themselves in a room to watch that show, and if anybody asked, they would say they were watching Sports Center. Seriously, it took us a really long time to figure out they were watching the same thing that we were. Wow. They said they were going to watch SportsCenter. They were watching Dawson's Creek. They finally admitted it. Okay. Uh, who else was popular in 1998? Is, I mean, is this, is this mostly pop? Um, so there's two country songs on here. Two country, although you would definitely call it pop country. And the rest are almost all like pop R&B. There's... Actually, all of them except one. There's one that's like singer-songwriter pop, mm-hmm. two that are pop country, and all the rest are like R&B pop. All right, so pop country. Are we talking Faith Hill? No. Um, okay. She, she was well, in the top 100, but okay. she's not then, in the top 10. Uh, Shania Twain. Yes, that's one the, of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is more ballad-ish. A little bit after her big. Oh, uh, Leanne Rhymes. Yes, that's the other one, but you can't yes. give me the title oh, there, buddy. What okay. you got for me? Oh, hang on. Oh, so Leanne Rhymes. Good is, job. Leanne Rhymes. That's gonna be, is, is that going to be the song from Coyote Ugly? Um, no, Coyote Ugly is a couple years later. Oh. Um, no, this is. Can't fight the moonlight. This is before this. Yeah, this is when she's still oh, like okay. a teenager. Oh. Uh, it's how okay. do I live? Yeah, there you there go. Yeah. yeah. All right, what about yeah. Shania? That that was number five, by the way. How do I live? Shania's number three. Anybody want to take a guess at what song? The ballad. The happy ballad. Uh, not uh, it's, it's not, it's but not. Then again, is it You're Still the One? Yeah, it, good job. Oh. Good job. Way to go. I was going to go with Any Man of Mine, but you got it. That's good not job. a ballad, Irby. You That's also, not a ballad, yeah. You, you got to think ballad. That's also earlier. Um. <laughs> Way earlier. Country pop. I, 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 yeah. I'm glad I missed it. All right, so <laughs> 1998, are we still pre-Britney Spears? Or is that yes. when she made her big... Yeah, she was 99, right? Well, this is like the year that I think the single drops, that Baby One More Time drops, but it doesn't really catch on until the following year. Right Interestingly, on. there's a Backstreet Boys song. I'm, I'm telling you about this now because it's not in the top 10. It was actually number 23. But I thought they came along later, but their first single shows up here. Everybody. Wow. Wow. Are there any other boy bands, like Boys to Men? Uh, New kids I on the don't block. think I would define any of these. New Kid would have been done. Way too late for that. Like yeah. eight years too late for that. Yeah. Um, so there is. What other groups? Oh, Destiny's Child would be in here, right? No. Oh, maybe? Not yet. Too early. Not, yet. No. Um, not no. quite yet. A couple more years. Um, these are a different breed than that stuff. There is, I don't think I would call any of these boy bands, although oh, one of these, I guess I should say, there's another pop ballad in here, not R&B, um, but the rest of these are definitely R&B. None of them are boy bands. There are two women remaining in this top ten. you got two of the women, three of the women, actually, if you count Paula Cole. Um, two more women 
and then the rest are men. What about TLC? Would we have oh, a so, 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 so too early for TLC? Uh too late. Too late. For TLC. Oh, Although really? you know what? Oh, to be fair, I think Scrubs comes out like a year after this. Ah, no okay. Scrubs. I should say. But yeah, no TLC this year. Um, for for the the male ones, um, would this be? I'm just thinking because of the movies and everything. Um, the slapper, Will Smith. Slapper, that poor guy, man. I I want to say, Team Will Smith. Um, the, the outrage that people have over this is ridiculous. Violence, it's not. Relax. No. He insulted his wife. He was being a good husband. I will die on this hill every time. Hundred yeah, percent, Team Will Smith. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but he he actually comes in at number fourteen with getting jiggy with it. So he is on. Okay. Fourteen. Okay. I've got a better idea of where we're at. Um. I don't. I mean, these, a lady. These are. These is rough. I will tell you that. Like these are. Rough. I don't have I anything on the ladies too. One of the women is somebody who we we had one a week ago as well on our last one. So she's been around since the eighties. She's a very famous brother. Um, Janet. Jackson. Oh, Janet. Yeah, yeah. It was Janet Jackson song. Okay, anybody know what it is? The happy song. I think it might be her last like big hit. If I'm remembering correctly, hmm. I don't have this one, Irby. Me neither. Nobody. Okay, together again. No. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> Anywhere I go. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to do that to you. I don't want to right. lose all our subscribers. So I will not sing a Janet Jackson song for you. You're welcome. Um, okay. Is this the Mariah other, Carey? No, this is actually somebody who was like kind of a big deal at the time. This is the number two song this year. It's a terrible song. And this person was, I don't know if you'd really call it a one-hit wonder, but she didn't do much. <laughs> she was very, very young, if I'm remembering correctly. And I believe... She's connected to Aaliyah through, like, some sort of duet. I don't know. Guys, this is not my forte, this type of music. I really didn't like it. So, um, but, yeah, she's you've definitely heard of her. She's a one-name singer. That helps you. She went by her first name. That was it. First, that all pretty oh, uh, Brandy. No, but that's a great guess. Um, I didn't even think about Dang that. Dang it, I was so optimistic. I stuck. You know, and you were right, because <laughs> I think... Brandy, Top of the World, also came out this year. Um, I would have to check to confirm that. That might, It might actually be 99. I'm not sure. So that was okay. an excellent guess. Brandy is be a lot better than uh, or has certainly had more hit-making power. Um, Dang it. Good effort, though. Yeah. You get, you get points for that. <laughs> I'm going to take my points and run. I got no idea. <laughs> yeah, especially because this is like nobody's yeah, me either. tastes here. So it's Monica. Oh, I do um, remember that. Yeah, I don't have a clue. I remember the artist. I have no, no idea the song, but I, I remember the yeah. Artist. Well, that's because she never really did anything else. Um, okay, so I still need one, four, seven, eight, and nine here. Oh, you haven't gotten one? Oh, jeez. No, you haven't gotten one. It's not a good song. Um, it was extremely overplayed. Um, the title they say it over and over again in the song, but it's not one where you're like, you don't like to think of this. And the band is like. I don't even know if we call them a band. Um, it's like a pop 
hip-hop song um really really overplayed at the time but not something that really still gets played now it's one of those where you listen to the lyrics now and you're like wow that was kind of not great that they were playing out of like middle school dances uh... i aged myself and said something like tootsie roll but i hope that's not it <laughs> No, it's later <laughs> no. than that. None of those yeah. were in yeah. school at this point. It's just a little, oh. one of those songs that people laugh about now. You're like, wow, they probably shouldn't have let us listen to that when we were like, wow. Once we started paying attention to the lyrics, wow, these are terrible. Definitely like extremely, even though the song doesn't come off like it would be. That's like what it is. Um, anybody? Anybody? It's a yeah. the band is one word. It's four letters. I don't think they had any other hits that I remember. <laughs> oh. Anybody? Four letters. I can think of a few four letter words. I guess. <laughs> oh yeah, no. The title. The title is the band is four letters, and the, the name of the band is is not the, the problematic part of that. It's the suggestiveness of the lyrics, which I oh, definitely didn't understand, even though I was old enough to understand them. Definitely didn't get it. Is this later. blue? The blue man group? No, oh. no, it's not oh. a kind of song. It's pop. Hell, um, let's say I'm gonna quit 1998 if that was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was popular when it came out. Blue is uh. what I like. Eiffel something too. It's not by the Blue Man. Eiffel sixty six. I hate that I know oh, yeah, that. Right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I I also hate that you know that. Uh, yeah, Eiffel sixty six. I forgot about that. Everybody listening, if you haven't seen that music video, go pull that up, and you'll understand why we are the way we are. <laughs> See, I'm sure, I mean, uh, in a blue house, and he was blue, and he had a blue face. <laughs> that is not a good song. It was not a good song. Um, All right, I'm going to give this to you guys because, well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you the artist. We'll see if you can get the title. The artist is Next. Oh, oh. I should know this. Next. I'm out. <laughs> I, I know the band, but I don't know the song. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you know the song, but like, yeah. This, okay, so this song is called Too Close. Ah, damn it. Yeah. That makes sense. It's, I, this is why I thought this one was hard because that song, everybody knows that song, but it's hard to identify by either artist or title. It's just not something that's not yeah. anybody's had. So, okay. An indictment on 1998 there. Yeah, yeah. it gets worse. Um, so four and seven are both ballads. Actually, three of these are ballads. The other one I can't confirm whether it's a ballad or not because I don't know it, although I do definitely know the artist and so do you. Um, there's two, one is a singer songwriter. Um, one, this is, it's like, I believe a redo too, of an old song. Um, it's, he re-recorded his songs, um, and it became a hit. Um, one of these is a pop ballad. One of them is an R&B pop ballad and the other one can't confirm. The, the, the re, re-recorded is hit? Yeah. Yeah, he and his co-writer re-released a lot of his older stuff um around this time hmm. oh this is a like very famous person who would have been more popular in the 80s sing-along kind of stuff 
that your parents might have been into. But okay. no one hates. Nobody hates it. Probably I'm not sure if anyone loves it, but no one hates it. Very like Neil Diamond, sir. <laughs> not quite that bad. Better than Neil Diamond. Don't come for me, Neil Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> Um, hmm. it's the one bad thing about the Fenway experience when we started. Um, hmm. Our parents, not not a, not not one of the Beatles. No, um, very uh, very um, flamboyant performer. He wore a lot of really interesting outfits on stage. <laughs> Elton John. There you go. <laughs> um. This is a oh re-release. So this would be the candles in the wind re-release. Yeah, good job. Yes, good job. Ooh, good yeah. job. Um, came about after yeah. Candles in the what did he do that with? Yeah, because it was it was like two songs into one. Yeah, uh, yeah. With it was that, and uh, I can't remember the song that it was a medley with. But yeah, and the radio just stopped playing the medley eventually. They just yes. played the candle in the wind part. But yeah, it was a medley of two Elton John songs, and there was a whole. Album where he and Bernie Taupin got together yep. and like we recorded a lot of his older, some of the I guess quieter stuff. It's not like Crocodile Rock, you know. It's the, the quieter album mm-hmm. material as well. Maybe a benefit concert. I don't remember exactly. We did have the tape though, which is weird because my parents were not in Alabama, but for some reason they did on that cassette tape. I don't know why. Okay, so a valid. From this one, you'll know you'll know the artist. Um, I don't know if you guys are going to get this. I don't know if I would have gotten it, but you do know this artist. That's number four, number seven. I suspect you guys know this duo. This is a duo. This is an R and B. You guys know who these guys are. And number nine is an artist who you are absolutely familiar with. I don't know the song. I suspect it might be a ballad, but certainly you would be familiar with this person's other work. He's an R and B singer. Has a lot of hits after this too. R and B ninety eight had a lot of hits after Irby. I know I look like an R and B guy, but <laughs> yeah. Uh... Oh man! I kind of want to end on the Elton John win. I got no. <laughs> Yeah, all right, guys. I'm going to just start giving you this stuff because we're running pretty long. So I'm going to yeah. give you the artist. We'll see if you can get the song. So number four, Savage Garden. Oh. Anybody want to take a guess at the song? Truly, Madly, Deeply. Yeah. Ooh, there you go. Good job. All right, number seven, Casey and JoJo. Oh, All My Life. Oh, All My Life. Yeah. Right. Good job. Good job. Right. Wow. Nope. Number nine, Usher. Whoa. God, what did Usher, Usher was all the wow. Yeah, this is the one where I don't actually know the song. I meant to listen to it this afternoon and I forgot. I'm sorry, guys. I'm poorly prepared for the show, clearly, because I don't even know if it's a ballad or not. But, you know, of the many, many Usher songs that I'm familiar with, this was not on the list, <laughs> but it was very popular, apparently. Or maybe I, actually, I suspect I probably do know it. I just don't recognize the title since it was numbered. Um, so. <laughs> this is early, early, early Usher. Yeah. Oh, I got. Okay, right, nice and nope. slow. Does that help anyone? Because I don't know. Nope. What this is, but. Okay, 
All right, well, we already we mentioned at 13, My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion, the Titanic song. We mentioned Getting Jiggy With It, Everybody by the Backstreet Boys at number 22, uh, The Arrows of the Song at 23. Uh, last one I marked on here was One Week by the Bare Naked Ladies at number 51, and the only reason that I marked this was because I'm haunted by the song to this day, so I want to haunt you all along with me because when you got to Penn State, they would give you this, like, bucket of junk. Like, here's some free stuff. College kids love free stuff, right? And it was mostly, like, coupons for things you didn't want in, like, little packets of shampoo. But there was, like, a sampler CD, and there were, like, five songs on it. And that was one of the songs on this. And the girl who lived next door to me played, I guess she didn't own any other CDs, because she played that song over and over and over at top volume (laughs) for several months. And so I hate that song as a result. Lovely girl, terrible taste in music. I'm going to be haunted by that song forever. And now you are too. All the way home. Bare naked ladies, one week. <laughs> like I was surprised by how low it was ranked, and then I realized this was because no, nobody else liked this song. It was just good old Vanessa who lived next door to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not. Oh, a, well. I'm not a fan of that song either, and I and I didn't have to listen to it five billion times to reach that conclusion. <laughs> Oh man, yes, this girl is a character, mostly in a good way, but this one that was a little rough. So, all right, guys, that's a wrap. 1998, good stuff. <laughs> rough music week for all of us. Rough <laughs> music, yeah. Really rough music week. Not a great selection. Um, things, things. So like happy about our movie performance. We forgot about, but yeah, good work on the movies. Um, and, and great work on the sports stuff. Well, always. Clearly, we knew the movies because we didn't have music to entertain us. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. and you guys, and in your defense, the best music that came out of this that was anywhere in this countdown, you guys got like the Titanic song, the Aerosmith song. Like those are fun, right? Like that's like bad pop, but bad, good bad. You know what I mean? You got those. Yeah, they just weren't in the top ten. So I guess you guys got the the good. Stuff. And Blue by Eiffel sixty six didn't come out in nineteen ninety eight. And is also terrible, Bob. But <laughs> thank you for putting that in my head and all of your yep. heads for the rest of the night. So both going to give you something to send you off here to get Eiffel 66 out of your head. Yeah, just, We're sorry, everyone. Just don't be surprised if I find the, the, the Eiffel 66 CD and add that in for a little pre-show. <laughs> anyway, subscribe to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> Please don't give us a rating based on Eiffel 60. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's enough. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Uh, I, I tell you what, you know, definitely give us that like. Subscribe to the show. Leave some comments. You can reach us on Twitter. All of that is uh, right there in the show summary for you. Uh, but that's going to do it for us. We're out of here. Until next week, watch some football. It's good for you.